Today's episode is brought to you by Cattle. Every product launch faces a chicken and egg problem. You need reviews to convert, but you need conversions to get reviews. Cattle can help. Cattle helps brands win share. They leverage their consumer panel for insights, collecting receipts, and driving product ratings and reviews. It is the largest daily active survey panel in Canada, with over 10,000 daily active users and over 100,000 monthly active users. Let cattle be your chicken and or your egg, depending on your perspective. Visit getcattle.com to learn more. You are enough. Like You're unique in terms of what you're bringing. So whatever it is that you're bringing, bring your brand into it. Bring yourself and you will get the right people. Welcome to Hearts and Carts, the CPG podcast, the podcast about the people behind the products that are winning hearts and filling carts. This cast is for anyone with an interest in the world of consumer products. We're your hosts, Justin Osborne and Alex Hill, and our mission is to bring you weekly content that helps you be a better and more informed CPG professional. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Hearts and Carts, everyone. This is Alex, your co-host, and I'm here with Justin. And today we are getting ready for an exciting conversation with Asha Wielden. Asha is the founder and CEO of Kula Foods, where she's creating incredible Afro-vegan dishes. She's also the co-founder of Chop It Up, where she's working to build community through food with a podcast and plant-based cooking classes to explore untold global food stories. For those of you listening, if you haven't already, please follow us on either LinkedIn or Instagram. And if you have a moment, a five-star review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify also goes a really long way. Also, don't hesitate to reach out. Let us know what you're liking about the podcast, what you maybe want to hear more of, or you know, if we've missed a question you wish we'd asked, we'd love to hear that from you. Now, without anything else to add, guys, let's get into our conversation with Asha. Get to work, man, and top it up. Hello. Hello. Asha, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Justin? I'm really hey, good, thank you. Oh, okay. you're sideways. There you are. Am I sideways? Am I? Am I... <laughs> you're, you're good now. Coming in. Sideways. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. It's great to meet you. Yeah. Nice so, meet you both. Sorry we missed you at CHFA. We did. We got to come by and, and try some product, which was nice, but we we're hoping yeah. to see you there. I think we just must have been like, of course, like the five minutes you walk away, we were there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. That's what happens. Yeah. 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 Actually, yeah. you in Vancouver? I am in Vancouver. I mean, I'm currently at our commissary in uh, Strathcona. Nice. We were just there, Alex. We we were we we went yeah. to the the nearby brewery. Whoa! One of the one? CHFA days. Draft going. Oh, nice! Hit yeah. a couple in that little area, but that was uh, I live I live out west, and that was an area that that uh, East Van that Alex hadn't been, and I was like, there's like a lot of really cool breweries and places mm-hmm. nearby there that we should check out and check out the drive and see all of that, and so it was nice to spend the night there and had a lot of fun. Nice, yeah, I love the drive. It's a cool spot cool for city. sure. Cool city. It is. And it's nice to get away. Like I find with CHFA, a lot of times people come into the city and they like, they spend all their time in Coal Harbor. Like I was telling Alex, like, if you live in Vancouver, like you never go to Coal Harbor. That's, no. not, like a, that's not like a place. I don't, I don't know anyone. Yeah. So it was like, let's get out, let's get out of here. Like the first day I went to North Van and then I used to live in Mount Pleasant. So 
I'd had that way a lot. And so I said that I was like, let's, let's get out of here and like, let's go to different areas of Vancouver instead of just being in Cole Harbor. Definitely. There's, there's a lot more going on. I'd say East Van, of course, if you're a downtown type of folk, you could do that too. Yeah. Kits, Kits is not bad. It's also a place to go there. Kits, yeah. East Van, East Van was a vibe. I liked it. it yeah. Yeah. I zone. So Asha, how about uh, I give you a, a bit of an introduction and we can, okay. we can start chatting and learning about Sounds your journey. Uh, so Sounds we're good. here with Asha Wielden, founder and CEO of Kula Foods. As you kind of heard, we uh, we we missed the opportunity to meet Asha, but we did get to test drive some of the product that we, we hadn't had a chance yet last week at CHFA, and it was awesome. So Asha, maybe tell us a little bit about, before, before we start talking about your story, about what Kula Foods is trying to do and the mission and the product. And then and then let's dive in on you after that. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, for Kula, so we'll start with what it means. Kula means Swahili. So that's uh, one of the languages you will hear if you're in East Africa. It's a language I connect to. I am Kenyan. Uh, and one of the things that we really promote is togetherness. So community is a big thing with Kula. You'll often hear our hashtag is what's put together. It's something that you consistently see everywhere we um, are doing an event or anywhere. Our packaging, it really is a core value of who we are. And the idea of, you know, it's more than yourself, but it really does involve a whole community. And our mission is to bring folks like together around food. And we do this, you know, literally through events. And, you know, a couple of years ago, we started introducing packaged goods like proteins and sauces. So oftentimes folks that are getting to know us now are seeing, you know, proteins, which are delicious. If you've tried them, great. But it's also nutritional. And nutritious, we, we're really well known for focusing on texture and flavor without all the unnecessary ingredients that package goods. Uh, yeah, and I just, I would say like in terms of description of Kula, it's just like spreading love, spreading energy, good, good energy, and folks together. I love it. No, I, yeah. I actually, I worked at a yoga studio like 10 years ago, named Kula. And all I knew is it meant community. Yeah. But you, you, you gave me, you gave me a much better explanation than I was given at that studio. So, so appreciate it. Sounds like you're doing That's awesome. Taking it a little bit further. So love that. And I will dive in on a, a bunch of questions about, you know, what you're doing and how, how some of the, the things you're, you're doing, you know, you're thinking them through. But let's start kind of backing up and, and just hear a bit about your story. Like, how how did you end up doing this? Like, you know, what did you maybe go to school for or, or any past career things that you did maybe set you up? And what was kind of the spark that set you out on on the journey of Kula? Yeah, I my, my journey, like many entrepreneurs, is not straight at all. Uh, it's curved. <laughs> it's been down. <laughs> so, like, my passion is actually music and dance. I, I always mm. thought I was going to be a dancer and, like, Former, I did that throughout school, and it, I do that now for casually myself. Yeah. But I went to school in Toronto for counseling, so hmm. I have a passion for connection and conversation. And one of the things I wanted to do, pursuing that you know that education path, is to help folks figure out life. And for me personally, like I, you know, when it comes to the point of activism, is I think everyone has the right to really. Uh, explore themselves and be able to be guided. And I think we should always have access to to someone to help us. Like life, we're figuring out, right? And one of the really cool things that I got a chance to be involved in and, and really opened my eyes up in terms of, while I didn't pursue this career, I didn't think that 22, I had enough of life to give out advice to like 40-year-old 
person in my in my team inmate that's in prison a male inmate that potentially was partially convicted and so i got to work with a group called aidwick which was founded by hurricane carter and for me that foundation really laid out in terms of what i loved most i knew that therapy for me it's still probably going to come out in the later years of my life but i get to do that through the way i connect with folks I love conversations and it kind of shows up in, in what I do. So long run, I, you know, after, after college, I actually ended up uh, getting into telecommunications and from sales, I had built my way up to managing hundreds of hundreds of people. Again, that's where the people connection and people development mm. and just like seeing someone who is, you know, fresh, who's never had an experience in, let's say sales or product development, be able to, to grow. And I got to do that. That was interesting and amazing for 15 years. And then I became a mom and moved to Vancouver. And but what I would say is food really did like really inform the way I live. And I think one of the big inspirations for right now is I, I've always found it really interesting how, uh, how we figure out what to eat. And where I grew up, two hours north of Nairobi, which is in Kenya, very small rural town. You don't have water running out of your home, you know, and we really, our community, which is mostly our extended family and, you know, friends, we really live like a communal family experience. I mean, you know, grow vegetables together. A lot of the festivities involved community and even the way we, we share food. And so I, I've always, I think, felt that connection. No matter where I'm going, I typically do, I roll people in through food and I, I look for kind of group food. And so when I met, when I moved to Vancouver in 2015, I was looking for I was looking for that like food that reminded me of home and flavors and mm. ingredients. Person who's always in the kitchen that's the first thing I'm going to look for, and I think we could all identify to that. And I was personally not seeing myself in, in a lot of the spaces, or even like I couldn't find East African spices, which are very specific, and Jamaican Caribbean. Food which I got accustomed to. I lived in Toronto. So when it comes to like diversity, like I think what I loved about Toronto is like everyone was willing to try different things. And mm -hmm. because it's so vast and large, there's so many different cultures there. You got them. So yeah, I was, I think that's what inspired me. And, you know, friend, my friend, I'm going to give shout out to Zach from kind of, kind of gave me that push. And one of our first events, a pop-up dining event was at Juice Truck. Uh, yeah, in Mount Pleasant, actually. So oh, just, I, I lived in Maine so I was like, yeah, yeah. So that juice trip location, yeah. Guidance we launched us to see how you know, how the market would would respond to Afro vegan, you know, bring you being able to stuff and everything. But that's that's cool. Juice trucks, yeah. a good spot. That's where I that's where I had Yogu yeah. for the first time as well. So Jade's oh, a future guest as well. So they're yeah. just they're on the ball with that stuff, I guess. Yeah, they're yeah. just in the yeah. yeah. Always on. What's I mean? Speaking of community, like you just don't when you when you haven't been in this industry. Um, it's super important to to have folks that are supportive. And Zach was Zach and Ryan was uh, yeah. We had no idea what we were doing, but yeah. you know you need you need that extra step and to me. You just reminded me of another member of the community who is part of how we we learned about Kula, which is Karen yeah. McCarthy. Oh my gosh! Who, you know, and we'll get to this. We always kind of towards the end ask people brand you know what brand crush they might have and you came up as as someone who yeah. is doing amazing stuff and an amazing brand and uh, so yeah you gotta give karen that shout out because yeah she, absolutely she, she, she told us to head out to london drugs and buy the pili pili sauce immediately she's like that is always stocked i have at least two bottles at all times <laughs> i love her yeah i was listening to, that was a really good conversation with Karen. karen's a powerhouse she is you know like there are some people that just cough the game but this is really walks and like just has the knowledge of 
every time I see her, we'll spend hours and I'm just downloading all the information because she's ahead of it and she's not holding back. And there's so much realness totally. in what she's putting out there. So yeah, I would have appreciation for her and bring to this world. Yeah. Incredible person. The best cheeses will come from, you know, Blue Heron. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of her and I, I really do look up. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. I, I, when we chatted with her, one, she's like hilarious and funny and, and amazing and doing so well in her business. Mm-hmm. But two, like she knows so much about like the, yeah. the process of so, that when we were listening yeah. to her, I was just like, wow, like I was learning so much about the process that I feel yeah. like we could have had 10 episodes with her talking about it. But she Absolutely. is incredibly knowledgeable and was like so far ahead of some of these trends yeah. that we're seeing now. It's it's kind of cool to see it. For sure. So, so let's talk about like, so let's talk about you landed in Vancouver some of the foods mm-hmm. you were looking for didn't exist here. You talked about the, sort of Zach a juice truck and, and that, but like even before that, like, so what, what were like the steps you took? You said, okay, I want to start something here to, you know, build community or create some of these foods. Like what, what exactly did you do? Like maybe a bit more granular. Like how did you make this into a business? Um, first it was just like our, my kitchen met a lot of people. Uh, I would say I'm an introvert, extrovert. Someone's at the yeah. front door doorbell. Oh. Oh, Sorry hello. about that. Someone's at my front door. <laughs> well, I think we'll I think we'll cut that out. <laughs> yeah. Real life happening. Um, so yeah, again, I think it's like experiment is having as many people try what I'm putting out there. And one of the first collard greens uh, is like the central ingredient, and then lentils was like the protein alternative, just like a blend of hula hula spices. Um, and I was I was really enthused with like and friends that are you know including you know Zach who was one of the first people that got to try it and then I'm all, I was also a new mom so my daughter at that period was just over a year old not even I was just about to turn so this I made is, a this is impressive that you you're starting a company with a like Alex and I both have children starting a yeah. company with a less than one year old seems like a it seems like a bold choice yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I'll tell you more. It, it gets a, it gets a little. So I decided to have a bit of reach time, and uh, I went to BCIT just to do like an entrepreneurial. And that was based off of just market research to find out what is going on here, and come up with a, a business plan. And so my business plan, I had a business partner then. We were like, okay, this is what we'll do. We'll go to people's homes, and we will we will like have these in home parties. You know, friends can have you know the place mm. girls night in and we would, you know, get all these ingredients together and cook together and then we'll have like full service for them. And yeah, well, that that didn't work out well, but <laughs> we had we we decided to like move the pop-up events and um, air and then mm-hmm. through my research at the same time at BCIT, we landed on, okay, let's get to farmers markets and yeah. you know, use jars because sustainability, like, you know, I was like yeah. very my my view is like how do we re- reuse all these uh, packaging and yeah, very green. I had no idea what involved into the state. The most involved process that I, I've experienced with CPG. Uh, but yeah, we did that. And then so launched at E and Riley Park Market. But those first steps was a lot of research. And just like, I just needed to know the what, when, how, why, what happens, you know, if this and, and organically, like, because I was going through this program, I started meeting other entrepreneurs who mm-hmm. either have experienced it, I got to present in front of uh, some two folks that were, firstly, they were like, your budget is not. <laughs> it's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Saying that your cost is so low, but that is not reality. <laughs> I said, all right, 
which again, you experience that as, as you, you go through the process itself. But um, I thought that was very helpful. And then really the, the, the full research is when getting out to market. Mm-hmm. Folks that will tell you they didn't get or questions that come up or maybe it resonated with certain people more, even just like the flavors. But overall, we got some really good responses and we kind of like tried different products. The Pili Pili sauce is the one that remained. It's kind of like a central sauce, in hot sauce, right? Everyone knows that hot mm. sauce. But with this one, you can cook with it. You can add like, I like to like toss it with a scramble. It's quite versatile. And it was one of the easier items that folks would respond to. And then we started like introducing more stew, sukuma stew to portobello curry, spicy chicken, using soy curls. Uh, but yeah, you know, took away what didn't make sense, put it back. I, I, for me, like my number one rule is like try, try once, try a couple of times, maybe we'll give it a three month, four month. It's not working. Let's move on. Let's try something else um, and, and listen to the feedback that you're getting. So and ga- we're still gathering all the feedback. We're still adjusting. But now, like just over the past couple of years, we now moved into more protein options and like, you know, offering sauces like barbecue sauces without sugar, which is very interesting because hmm. For someone who really like barbecue, barbecue sauce is not, was not a big thing for me until later on in life. And I had never really made it at home until we, and we realized how much sugar I've um, gone into it, like that 50% sugar. Yeah. So I was really inspired to, firstly, there was um, a documentary that came out, shout out to Badass Vegan, who was in Miami, who released a doc called They're Trying to Kill Us. And it's really speaking in like, it's interesting, it's a bit of a hip hop lens. Uh, really focus on black communities in America and where environmental racism shows up in terms of where you'll find slaughterhouses and typically it's in marginalized neighborhoods, dominantly black neighborhoods. And then also access to food, access to nutritional, healthy food, even beyond that, access to groceries where folks are, they, if you're not driving, you're taking a bus and only bring on two bags. But then beyond that, it's like what's available around each corner. That one thing I took away from that documentaries like sugar so in terms of diabetes mm. and it's like what are the effects and like which communities are really being hit hard right it's not necessarily you know while i believe guns are high rates as we know ways of killing you know, communities it's also the health and like access to, yeah. to nutritional food and what is put in front of uh, certain folks and so yeah i was inspired by that and we, we got to work with multi sauces and really just breaking down all the, the ingredients that just did not need to be there yeah, recently we just landed on monk fruit, you know, and it's still fairly new mm. in terms of food usage here, but it's an incredible sweetener. It's natural. It's not a synthetic. So you don't have to worry too much about how that sits well in your gut. But yeah, my passion is like around that. Like, how do you do, how do you offer something that will elevate someone's life and, you know, yeah. make them feel better? And so we're, we're always questioning that and we're really critical in terms of what types of ingredient we use, you know, even down to the oils, like where does this yeah. oil you know how I personally, as a vegan, I should say I'm, I'm also vegan. Um, I found out last year that I, I have naturally high cholesterol unless I manage it. And I had a laugh with my doctor because I'm like, well, let me tell you my diet. Like, no way. There's yeah. no way there's a, you know, I am using animals in my, in my system. I just naturally do, do produce enough of that, but I really should be aware of it. Yeah. So yeah, cholesterol and and diabetes is something that we don't often talk about and communities and there are ways to, to manage it. And I think, you know, brands like Kula are thinking about that when we're, we're producing. Yeah. I can ramble on about this forever. <laughs> no, it's good. I love it. I love it. I mean, I think you're, I think you're on, 
on the right track with with where you're focused right like i mean beyond just the diabetes like i know for me like i uh i have like a form of arthritis like similar to rheumatoid but different and sugar is like all the difference for me like it's like if i reduce sugar it's it's huge so i mean all the ways that that makes people healthier by just reducing it and giving delicious options and i mean to your talk of like un underserved communities like it does like there are people who don't have great options right available to them and i think one of the great things about what you're doing is like you know you're promoting more great options that you know uh, over time are going to start being everywhere right so it's i think kind of the the flywheel that you're starting to spin so uh, i love yeah. that piece of it sorry yeah. justin you were going to say something but i cut you off no, no, I think that was perfect, right? I think that's that's some of the ingredients you're using, like monk fruit, been on for a little while that are absolutely amazing. And just like less than a month ago, I think maybe we were barbecuing for the first time of the season, but I, I had a I had Heinz ketchup beside the which has a ton of sugar in it, beside the barbecue sauce. And the barbecue sauce had more. And I was like baffled by how much sugar was in the barbecue sauce. And so the thought of having a barbecue sauce with with less sugar makes perfect sense to me. And and I like all of the your food is about community and togetherness, but then there's an even bigger purpose there that you're talking about, which is pretty cool. So it's like multi-layered purpose in your business. Absolutely. It's just love. Like I think it's you put you put out love and it can show up in what what you're inputting into the food. Right. Like totally. I want to feed my children. I have two kids. So when we officially launched, I, I had a newborn as well. I literally felt that pressure of like what am I gonna, you know, introduce to them and yeah, yeah. What am I gonna eat? You know, I'm sure that they're also yeah. I wouldn't want to give them you know, what I was producing. The initial point about barbecue sauce. Yeah. Seeing, seeing how much brown sugar, like there was, yeah, molasses, brown sugar. And then on top of that, like we've been making ketchup. Wild. What has that process been like in terms of like, because you've obviously, you've broken some test tubes. It sounds like, like, did you, do you work with a food scientist? When did that, was that from the outset? Like, is this just Asha, like in the kitchen, like this works? Let's let's ship yeah. it or like what's the just I'm yeah. always curious okay. how people get to get to product development. Yeah. To answer your question, there's no food science yet <laughs> happening here, which is it's kind of hilarious, but it's just testing. So whether it's myself or a teammate has tried something and you know, I, I really love Sunrise Market. I walk into Sunrise and there's always something unique. Have y'all been to Sunrise? Yes. I haven't. Get in there. Firstly, I love that they have vegetables and chips. Mm -hmm. And they use, they kind of offer all the number twos, which are ingredients that are precious, but you're going to get this point. Uh, and I would walk in there and like one of the first eye-opening experience for me with protein was like seeing these chunks that they had in their soy proteins, the granules. They're, they're always kind of like one of the first people to it because it is from Asia. And mm -hmm. we know that a lot of these ingredients uh, are, are, have been around for a very long time, just not in our region. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of like, my first point is like, I like to think of what's coming up. And then here's a, a bit of a cookie story. So I never was like a person who need alternatives, like sausage, burgers, and all that. Yeah. In my early journey for, for plant-based, it was usually legumes, beans, things that I, I was really familiar with. And then I had a random dream out of nowhere. And it was like, we were making protein. And it was like, at this period, kind of got shivers around that, but goats, like goat meat. Yeah. And this was three years ago. Never made it. Never made anything like that. Not even not even using Vital Week. And so I, I found that to be curious. And I just started playing around with like different. So the first thing we introduced was the barbecue. And my process is like, first, let me start in my kitchen. Always my kitchen. And then 
let me introduce you to a few friends. We always like, especially summer and spring, there's always someone else. We have children, so other parents. <laughs> yeah, over. yeah, yeah. You know, it's a mix of, you know, plant forward, also non non non-vegans and you just kind of get that direct feedback and then i try to because we're involved in i mentioned this we do cater offices events i get to try it that way so we'll Smart. bring it back mm-hmm. to the team if it's me and then we'll kind of introduce it into so like we introduced this bowl called that barbecue soul bowl this is actually the beginning of the pandemic where we started offering meals and we wanted to offer affordable meals that you know we can just deliver because that's what we were all looking for the convenience and we we really couldn't leave it alone. So that was a really good test ground to be sobo. And the sobo was like mac, collard greens, pickled onions, and and everyone was losing it. Because you got that like yeah. you know, comfort and then the protein. What is it? What are these chunks? Why are they so ribby? And yeah, I, I think testing out that and then it's like playing up with different textures. And now we're going to the point of like how do we remove aftertaste? How do we extend that? And like really my inspo is like now when it comes to goat, for example, the greatest of all time, if you if you came to our booth this weekend or last weekend, that was what we were sampling and the ginger beef um, is like remembering, you know, curry goat, you know, curry yeah. goat and roti had like- It's my go, it's my go-to. If, if goat is on, like if yeah. I get a curry goat yeah. or like goat yeah. roti, usually goat yeah. roti is, yeah. is how I do yeah. it, but- There you yeah. go. So that's, that's the inspo there. So I like think of, someone who would be wanting to try that or has had this and like for me in the past you know curry goat roti would be my my go-to and so then i'm thinking of the flavors what are the what are what are the original flavors mm-hmm. and most of the time the spices are so mm-hmm. very few adjustments there but maybe there's one or two things that i'm going to change and then i'm going to sound up on that texture that we're going after so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of our general process. Very cool, very cool, yeah. very intuitive. Yeah. Like it seems like a, a good way to do it, and I love the kind of mobile kitchen. I guess that's like oh, it sounds almost like a little bit of a remnant of of how you started, but it seems like a great yeah. fast fast feedback avenue that's for right. you. So very very cool. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, no, no oh. food science, not yet. <laughs> in time, in time. Yeah. One day, you're you're a food you're a food scientist now, anyhow, right? So yeah, I would say so. Yeah, we make some potions and we come out. But yeah, no, it's pretty awesome. So you mentioned a few different products, but maybe, you know, expand that and chat about all of your products here. Just, you know, touch on a few of the ones that we haven't yet. Okay, so there's seven. I'm going to like reiterate the greatest of all time. That's what we called it. Um, Like that's inspired by Serena Williams. So greatest of all time, because it's not a goat, but the goat. The flavors. It's clever. I like it. Yeah, there's that. Okay, there's ginger beef. This is the version of one you can do. pop it on a pizza, stir fry. You have the mushroom umami flavor. You can kind of like add all additional flavors you want. You can you can have it in a pasta. So that allows you to do anything you want with it. Then we have two barbecue flavors. The milder version is the barbecue chicken, which has more of that strip. And it's great for wraps and bites. Came out of the soul bowl, you know, and um, that's like, you know, a little mini bite that is more dense and it's got a bit of heat from scotch bonnet. So that's the proteins all made with Canadian food. That means it's grown in Canada, produced in Canada. And then the sauces. So that, that's the flavor. It's all about the sauce. Right? So we have our two barbecue sets. The first one is the red pepper. That's the classic barbecue sauce. Has a sweet note. It's sweetened with monk fruit. So for someone who wants flavor but not heat, that's the one that we typically recommend. And then the Scotch bonnet, the Scotch bonnet, the Scotch bonnet pepper is is the key ingredient here. 
So it's like it's more, um, I would say, of course, spicy, but you you get you get a little bit more bite, not as sweet. And then the the pili pili sauce, which is really this is this is the MVP of of all the the pili pili hot sauce is tomato based, um, chili peppers. The spice is really close to my to my heart, which is barbare spice, which East African. If you've had if you've had a Ethiopian cuisine, you've had injera with any of the tips. This is the core spice that goes into mm-hmm. a lot of our stew. And that's where, that's why the pillow pillow is special. It's not just heat, you're getting that flavor. So if you really, if you wanted to, you know, make stew with that, that sauce would really work well. So that's it. Seven, seven of our products. Very cool. Sauces. Which, which one's hotter, the, the pili pili or the scotch bonnet? The pili pili. Pili pili. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. One thing that you guys have done an amazing job at in like I mean, the the goat, the the little spin on greatest of all time, curry is just one example of it. Your packaging and and kind of your just your general brand structure. And, and you talked about Kula and what it means. And I really love like people who have their brand kind of built like a tree with roots and and the idea that you're building community and and you know that kind of living idea of of what it means because it I feel like it makes so much of what you do as a business coherent but i'd love to hear just how you guys thought about it how you guys thought about the packaging and and how you got because as you said packaging is one of the craziest parts in cpg people don't realize how hard it is to do great beautiful packaging that delivers communication so curious about about kind of your journey with with building this brand and and making those beautiful packs i'll start with the brand and I love that you said tree because we, we started with like pillars, right? So we had pillars that looked like a tree and um, these pillars were community, the top one. And so the first question is like, do we serve? Where are we, who are we serving? Are we doing great things with it? Or are we just making a product and it's product solving a solution? So whichever we went, we, we community was one accessibility, still working on it. But like one of the ways we wanted to make sure it's, it's really tough. Like as a small business, you want to answer to giving the best of the product that you can make, but then you yeah. also need to do anything we're doing. And so, yeah, some of the ways we have like really worked with that is, you know, working with students, being able to give nonprofits a better dissipator. It seems big, but these are the small steps that have to do that. And we're always speaking opportunities in terms of how we can, you know, even language, like being able yeah. to speak, like, are you in? Are we are we engaging the right folks and just being as welcoming as possible? Especially if like sometimes folks shy away from veganism, right? Especially yeah. if you're not necessarily if, if it's, it's not a language that was in your house, including mine. I remember when I told my mom going vegan, and she was like, "What is that?" You know, <laughs> yeah. very African mom like vegan. <laughs> now you say vegetarian, someone is going to understand vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. You know, so right. like, yeah, so. It's, being aware of that, like just small choices, even like how you, you socially share. So yeah, that's like that's like what accessibility means to us. Uh, and then community as well, but being rooted, like fully being rooted. So if an event is happening that you know you you could actually bring something fresh, like so we we get involved in so many events that again folks confuse us an event company versus a CPG company or a catering. Company. So just like yeah. being as involved as possible. Um, and then you know. One big thing, it's a big topic right now is like, if you're bringing folks into your space and like, and now we're going through our expansion is I have to consistently think of who's in my team and how are they, how are they receiving the work and do they feel like themselves? So it's kind of accessibility, but yeah, we do partner with 
groups like Flavors of Hope to, to give opportunities to newcomer women who want to start businesses in food business, but need those tools. And so I had to work on the mentors. And if we can bring them, bring them into our space, we can do that. In terms of even employment flexibility, you know, you got to be flexible with students and be flexible with parents. Uh, you know, I, marginalized folks just not getting those chances. So those are some of the vetting of ways that we for our business. And it was one of the first things we thought in terms of how we call the, the four pillars. Now the second part, I actually forgot. <laughs> Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll, I'll cue it back up. But, I mean, I loved everything you said there because yeah, I think great. Uh, I think you know maybe it's Byron Sharp or someone like that who said something along the lines of like people only buy things because of emotion, right? And I think by having such a thoughtful and, and kind of aspirational approach to building your brand and, and your business and having purpose and everything else that comes with it, like kind of inside your business, there's emotion and motivation and the people who are touched by your business end up feeling that. And I think it just like, it, it's a superpower for, for any brand. So I love, I love the way you guys thought about it. The second question was just around packaging and your journey oh, and yeah, making the, the beautiful packaging that you guys have. I, I can't take any credit, but we've gone through so many iterations. <laughs> we started with jars with the little like farmer's market card that just had the ingredients up to in the back and, you know, the front, not much of the string. Just yeah. the yeah. We, then we, you know, painfully went to plastic bag, which was supposed to be recyclable, then painfully learned that it's not necessarily accessible to oh, most people <laughs> to go and recycle. So we did that with pouches. And then now I feel like we landed on what works for us, you know, the jars for the sauces, which, you know, gives you a bit of a story and then the boxes. And I have to give a shout out to like, so Aaron and Michelle from Studio Prolific, they've been with us since the beginning. Like we went through all those iterations with them. They do our sauces now. And then Hope uh, Design Hopeful. So Hope Island, who is really making her name in the CPG world right now. She is the person that is for our boxes. It's a protein that's colorful and the brand. In the branding, if you look closely, we have like we have patterns that do speak to our where this brand is is inspired by. You know, it's quite symbolic to like Afro Afro um, lining and 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 line and systems that really do tie into what I like. When I work, like I usually <laughs> you just see patterns. These are things that meet to us. So we wanted to stand out that way, and hope really brought that to us a little brought all that you could see the food and you know what it you know, what what some some of the ways that you can make so yeah shout out to her packaging is a pain it's very yeah, costly. yeah totally so costly i say start simple for anyone who's looking to to start a cpg brand and small don't thousands of packaging if you're you know outside area i'm not sure yeah i would love to see more sustainable options i've spent i pulled my hair over year years just like you know you know with jars like not Knowing that it's not recycled often, yeah. while it looks like a sustainable option. So recycling is right. No, yeah, it's <laughs> um, washing. It's complex, yeah. right? Like I, I think yeah. recycling is very complex. There's a lot of sorting issues and Definitely. and challenges there. And and you know, I'm I'm not sure anyone has the the silver bullet, but I think you know some of the some of the right steps are maybe being taken, but some who knows if they're gonna they're gonna yeah. solve it. But then like on the other side, you. Yeah. You have things like compostable and and like it's really hard and expensive to get into but like you know i, I think i don't know if you heard her episode with alicia Leahy from humble potato chips but they're doing like the bag and i'm yes. talking about the, the you know the risks and 
and challenges associated with with taking that that type of innovation forward it's it's pretty crazy and and, and to your point about yeah. greenwashing washing you know i i had some i attended some compost council stuff and like they explained to me like like if it's not comp certified compostable there's like a yeah. whole subline of compostable stuff that it's actually just like basically plastic microplastics held together by biodegradable stuff so like mm -hmm. It's just like fast leaching microplastics. Yep. Like so, for anyone listening, if you're if you're using something that says compostable, you want it to be certified compostable. Then you'll know be it's certified. good. But yeah, certified. And, and we had found it. We found a certified bag during the search. Yeah, just like an on my leg. And unfortunately, because the items are frozen, ended up dealing with products. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. being destroyed, <laughs> freezer burns. So we're not quite there yet. But yeah, yeah it's gotta be it's gotta be certified. Yeah. I, th I think the most important thing is that people people are trying to figure it out, right? People, yeah, people like definitely. yourselves and and like the Leahys and you know that's how it's gonna that's how, that's how it's gonna eventually hit the economies and 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 be uh, be part of the options that people see, similar to similar to just you know, things like plant based and everything else. Exactly. Yeah, chat a lot about community, right? And the importance of community. One of the things that I think you do that's really cool is you're also the co-founder of Chop It Up. So maybe yes. chat about what that is a little bit. Um, Chop It Up is a passion project. So I, I mean, as we started veering closer to the CPG offerings, I really didn't want to lose sight of what, you know, what drives me, which is I love getting people together. I love hearing stories. And so my friend, Chris, who, who was, if you've not had gym patties, you want elbow patties, a P-L-B-O, and that's what he founded around the same as I did. We've on ongoing collaboration is quite plant forward so it's like a 50 split into what he offers but we find ourselves hosting a lot of pop-up events and mm -hmm. you know we we loved it but i think one thing that was missing for us was the, the fact that we wanted to bring in other chefs and other foodies to kind of learn more about them and also like highlight more of a uh, bipoc focus in in this movement like vegan veganism and, and just plant plant forward movement it is really easy to miss to, to miss some folks and usually you know you, you may not see people of color or indigenous folks being represented in this and so we wanted to create a space that gave platform to chefs and friends that we know in our community who are doing great things and great offering amazing food or who are interested in food. so we bring these folks on and they help us they, they guide attendees through like it's not a full cooking class, but like we do a demonstration and, and then we get to, we really, the chop, the chop it up portion, although it sounds like a chop, it's more of the conversation, chop it up. Mm -hmm. And one of the key questions we ask is what is your food story? Our food stories, you know, whether it's early on or through our journey, really informs who we are, what we both believe. Yeah. We just wanted to like take that time and get communities also gather. And then we end with like full family style dining experience. And currently we have that in the downtown area, Coal Harbor area, one of the offices, our office that we work out of, and call offices, and they have like multiple, it's incredible. And so that's what Chop It Up is. And maybe our first announcement that I'm coming out, we are, we're going to be introducing the podcast off of it. And so cool. again, awesome. bringing, bringing folks in to, to talk more about their stories and also just talking about what's happening, you know, like right now in the food industry and those that ha are have food businesses, there are some challenges that are coming up, you know, yeah. to, to sustain yeah. and, and go forward, but also be able to answer meetings. We can talk about it. Can I get to know people that are, we had, we had a drug and it was incredible. Like you don't often get to see that. So this yeah. is what chop it up. But yeah, and, and inclusivity, you know, and it is, it is, it is black. It is raw. It is, it is, it is fear space as well. And 
like I, and I think the fact that it is focused on plant-based eating like and not all the chefs come on or foodies or members that come on to help to, to help us uh bring the space alive that they're not necessarily vegans but yeah. you, you get more curious and it's welcoming and it's warm and people are quite interested in that and i think conversations just being having open conversations and each one is always different which i love about that and now that we can gather more i think we're hungry for it. one of the big big challenges we're trying to solve is like how do you do that but make it accessible so we're working on that i love that that sounds sounds yeah. exciting i think the inclusivity part is is important for a number of reasons like and one of them like you sort of touched on right is like the the term vegan i found sometimes can be a bit like people who do consume meat almost feel like there's a, and that's why people started using the, the plant-based terminology instead and i know that there's a huge focus i've been working in the vegan space for a number of years now like around flexitarians because the number of people that do consume meat if you get them to reduce their consumption by one day a week a couple of meals a week right makes an enormous difference so it's having those conversations, getting people in and, and knowing that not everyone's going to become vegan overnight, but if they can stop eating meat one day a week, two days a week, like it's it slowly transitions because they start to realize that the food is actually freaking good <laughs> and, yeah, and they can, can try different yeah. things. Right. I think that's the biggest hiccup. And I think you know, what you said around like, what is your food stories? Yeah, I love it's an that. important part of that because yeah, it's like a lot of times it's, you've grown up eating certain foods or a certain way. It's tough to break those cycles. A lot of them are super unhealthy cycles that you're in but it becomes extremely difficult as you get older to break out of those so that's absolutely. that's super cool i love that absolutely yeah. I, this... I think it's like yeah you get these aha moments like, yeah because like when you tell someone i'll meet i'll meet if there's maybe an event happening and and one of the things i'm gonna be like can i eat anything here and there's yeah. always something i'm always gonna and then if someone is asking what my diet choices and i say vegan you see this <laughs> back up like oh no yeah yeah. Here's another one. And like we have like my goal is always like let me get a laughter out of this because why are we being so serious and making it so uncomfortable? On one hundred percent. It yes. literally oh. means that I'm gonna eat that broccoli and lentils. I was in Trinidad and you know, veganism is not a thing. But you know what? A lot of the parties they have they have food and you know there are different stalls. There were a lot of vegan options. And for me, lentils, I'm done. Like you give me lentils and rice and some veg, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. But I remember meeting some people and, you know, there was a bit of banter of making fun and like back and forth. But at the end of the day, I was able to put my one line in like, this is why I'm doing it. But I'm not going to tell you what to do. But this is why I'm I think it. that's perfect. And yes. We connected later and it's like the conversation continued around it. But that person, yeah. there's a little seed that's been dropped. Right? And they can yeah. say, oh, you know what? Or maybe I'll go to that stall that has an option. Yeah. It's good. Oh, I can do this. Yeah. And that's me my curiosity and i felt like i was welcomed into that i'm allowed to you know i gave myself that thing as well so yeah it doesn't have to be that serious and events like yeah. and conversations does allow for that yeah i love that i you know i before i left ontario i became vegan and then told everyone i was leaving to go work for a vegan company so i had a lot yeah. of those conversations where i'd be like what the heck are <laughs> but alan johnson does seem like what the, what the heck are you doing so i know exactly what you're talking about but then again yeah you let them try the food and like it's actually yeah. good or you have conversations about why you're doing it and you're right it doesn't have to be so serious and so but you yeah. will get different reactions from other people some people will be like oh that's amazing if you tried this this yeah. this, we'll give you like yeah. 10 recommendations so you kind of yeah. kind of see both sides, but uh, yeah, that's awesome. I love the I love the community aspect that's been throughout. That's that's really really cool. What we haven't asked you yet that we should is where can people find your products? So I think that's super important. Okay. Yeah, 
our our uh, is growing in that aspect. So London Drugs has already been mentioned for all your sauce needs. Please go check them out. They they did this really cool thing with Veganuary, and they had a whole section that highlighted brands and, and products that you could purchase, and they've been able to keep us on further. So shout out to London Drugs, C in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and then we were a local, I would say, vegan supply first store we're in. Shout out to to the whole team there; they super supportive. You want you want to get anything plant based and vegan forward has been vetted. That's that's where you want to go. Definitely struck of course. Our website, we do we do deliver and ship as well but across Canada. Um, and there are a couple more coming up. We are a grow, growing brand right now. On our website, we've listed or they check out locally, like IGA, also Spud. And if you don't see us, tap, tap their shoulders because we're trying our best. Uh, and I don't know if we're going to talk about challenges, but currently the climate is a bit shaky. And there's a store that we were trying to get into through our district. One of the yeah. things they told us was, you're too niche And for me, when I hear that, it's not welcome. And mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not welcome. I believe. So yeah, if you don't see us, ask them. If you don't see brands that you want to stores, like go ahead and request it. And that's been one of the ways. I think a lot of our listeners know this. Some definitely wouldn't, though. When you're at a store, it goes a long way to just say, hey, where's this product every yeah. time you go, if it's one you want to see. Yeah. They yeah. they take note. They take note. They do. They do, and they'll reach it. They'll reach back. It's worked really well. So I any brand that you want to product, don't be afraid. Before I ask my next question, I'm going to put out a reminder. Let us know when your podcast drops. We'll make sure we we share it so we yeah we get some some, some people you know who might want to hear that um, to be aware that it's it's out when you when you guys start. Um, what's next for for Kula? Like you know, we've talked about a ton, but I, and, and you don't have to tell us trade secrets but you know what's the what's the next 12 to 24 months kind of uh look like for you guys in terms of focus our big focus is let's get across canada distribution we want to want to land in Toronto just yeah. purpose but also going after and us same time so start west we are currently in conversation with have you heard of vegandale no vegandale oh, oh my no. gosh their events i didn't realize this but they have events that go across north america so we're hoping to tour with these guys in our expansion they originated so it's like a festival that's one of the largest yeah um, i've been to vegan fest in toronto is that the same thing maybe that's yeah. the same thing I, I just called it vegan fest but no it's different okay separate one okay one. okay you can do it cool very cool starting, starting that love and expanding the community yeah love us it. and love canada Getting across, getting as many homes as possible. I mean, Toronto, Toronto needs you. Like, I, I think you have whoever said you're niche hasn't really paid attention to Toronto's market. No. But there's yeah. there's lots of vegans yeah. and lots of open minds <laughs> in Toronto. So I think uh, I think it'll be a fit once once you get it on the shelf. Definitely. Agreed. Um, Justin, I guess uh, were you going to say something before I I ask something? No, you go ahead. Okay. Uh, we talked about this earlier, and this is how we found you, which we call it, you know, brand crush. So, you know, what's what's a brand that it doesn't have to be one you consume, could just be one you think like is, you know, doing really cool, inspirational things in the market, but it could just be one that you absolutely love. Sometimes we get like, you know, ones that are super like center store, 55 year old brand. And sometimes we get someone mm -hmm. who's like on the cutting edge. So, um, yeah. Okay. Here I go. I'm I'm gonna give a shout out to Mungri. Have some Mungri. They have nut butters. This is a friend of mine as well, Lillian, who 
I think it's been two or three years in waves with, you know, very natural nut butter pistachio, right? right? Like flavors that are so luxurious, <laughs> I would say. And, you know, one, one thing I love that Lillian, Lillian has done is she's also, she also launched Mom Three Podcast at the same time. And speaking to like parents and, you know, moms and like just regular conversations, but also tying into that brand. I love the way she's branded herself and uh, her offerings. And uh, I just usually love just talking to her about, you know, the challenges and all the great things that are happening in terms of our, our journey as well. So yeah, big love to her. I love Slutty Vegan. So like if, if we could ever collaborate with, have you heard of Slutty Vegan? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love, I love, I just love the real that they bring and being able to kind of offer fast food that is plant-based um, and the founder's story is incredible. Yeah. Pink Paul's story is amazing. Anyone that is ever feeling tied down, like go ahead and listen to how she, she got to where she was. I'm, I'm quite inspired as a black owned one, a black owned woman owned business. I know how challenging it can be. Yeah. So I, I really look. And then elbow patties. I'm like, that's, yeah. I want to see those patties. I think that's where I work on a collaboration service of all time. Uh, and I, I mean, I think I can see, I know it's going to be everywhere. So it's kind of bringing Toronto to the world. So if you haven't tried it, check out elbow patties. And Chris, Chris goes as your favorite auntie. So you're getting not only, I just, I love brands that bring their heart. Get the person because when I'm going shopping, Shopping. I'm looking for like a story. I want to know what this person is who made it. And you really get the raw footage of what's happening and it's real. And it's really heartwarming. And I've seen Chris's journey in the street. So yeah, check them out. Those are my three. One of my favorite parts of this show is just yeah, getting amazing recommendations of delicious things to eat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. We talk about food journey and like Jamaican patties is something I ate as a child <laughs> all the freaking time. You get the giant box all of like the frozen ones. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yes. It's like you want your kid to be popular, have a giant freezer filled with Jamaican patties yeah, for I his friends or his <laughs> school. Like a, it's a surefire strategy. Correct. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, so here we are. Last question. Uh, if you were in front of your younger self or somebody else that wanted to be, you know, an entrepreneur in this space, what advice would you tell them? What would you give them? Hey, uh, the big advice for me is don't be afraid to try new things. And so I think I didn't, I didn't imagine I was going to get into the food industry and, and share my love for food this way. I definitely thought I was going opposite direction. So like you can do that. And I think beyond just like even starting a you are enough, like what you, you're unique and bringing. So whatever it is that you're bringing, bring your brand into it for yourself. And you will get the right people. So yeah, don't be afraid to, to kind of pivot. Life is a pivot. It's almost 40. A pivot. Like what next year brings. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid of that and just bring yourself into it. Yeah. That, I mean, that's great business advice. That's great life advice. You are enough and don't be afraid to do something. That's like, that's something I, you know, actively yeah. practice with my son so that's that's great advice Definitely. for anyone for sure yeah. yeah thank you so much Ash. this has been great this has been great chatting with you and hearing your story it's been it's been inspirational it's been awesome learning about your business and now double thank you to karen mccarthy for for telling yes brand and, and so love you, had, karen. yeah well yeah exactly you thank you so much karen yeah this has been awesome thank you so much thank you thank you justin thank you alex this is amazing i just love that we can you don't necessarily often get us that space to talk about your entrepreneurial journey especially in the cpg world 
Yeah. You know, even when we say CPG, we're like, what is that? You know, but there's <laughs> yeah, so much going on. So right. <laughs> there's so much going on. There's much going on. Things land on shelf as they are. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. I've been I've been tapping in. So listening to who you're bringing on is amazing. I'm excited to really hear the folks that I just love so much uh, come on as well. So much appreciation to you both. Um, and you're going to come out to chop it up the next chop it up. 100%. Absolutely. Next time I'm in Vancouver, we'll check yeah. the schedule. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Ash. I appreciate all the thank kind you. words and, and you just making the time today. For anyone listening, coolafoods.ca. Oh, I got that right, right? Yes, you got it. Coolafoods.ca delivers across Canada. So check it out. Get some pili pili sauce. Try some of the, the greatest of all time curry and maybe anything else that, that's uh, intriguing you. Asha, thank you so much. This is awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. Much. Have a great rest of your day. Have a good day. You as well. We'll talk soon. Take care. Bye. I love that. I love that conversation. And I just loved how she's thinking about that brand and, and how they're, you know, what they're trying to do and some of the yeah. other ways they're building community. I think like, yeah, really, really cool purpose-driven brand and business and just a really like, awesome, awesome entrepreneur. So also starting a business with uh, a child under one is yeah. wild wild well then she like, also had a second one too right yeah that's impressive like very impressive and i'm saying that as a dad you're right like, we we already have it easier yeah it's like an easier job um so yeah awesome what were some of your uh your takeaways there justin well i mean overall I've, i found everything she said to be like truly inspirational i loved all the emphasis throughout on togetherness and community and that was a clearly a theme throughout the conversation I liked when she talked about, I guess, the purpose behind Chop It Up, which uh, was really understanding like what your food story or your food journey is. I'd never heard it described that way, but I think it's it's really interesting because that does shape who you are. Uh, I grew up in the 80s slash 90s, mostly in the 90s, where there was a lot of terrible, processed, over-engineered, high sugar, low fat type of crap out there, right? And yeah. so like that was a huge part of my food journey is like, how do I remove all that shit from my diet and become healthier? Because I grew up eating some of these processed foods. And even still to this day, like some of those processed foods, I still love. I just, you know, can't eat them because they're they're terrible for me. So I thought that was interesting just hearing the way that they're having those conversations. I would love to hear other people's food journeys and how they got to where they are, because it's, you know, beyond just like vegan or pescatarian or one of those things, it's like, how has your life been shaped by food and how does that impact your health, your community, your conversations with others? I, I just love that piece. What about you, Alex? I think, um, I mean, I reflected on it mid episode a bit, but just the way she's building a brand um, that is so thoughtful and purpose driven, I think yeah. is um, something that will go a long way both inside and outside your company, like with, with your employees, but also with your partners and with your consumers um, to build, you know, emotional connection and, and the community. And I, I think like that piece for me is, is, you know, I've said this in past uh, episodes, just something that I think sets great brands apart. And I just really liked how she was thinking about it. And then at the end, she, she just talked about the importance of being authentic. And I mean, you talked about food stories and, and just, I think if you're not being authentic, it's just not sustainable. And I think like that focus on authenticity is huge. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are some of mine. Um, and just yeah, great, honestly, great brand. Like if I know a lot of our listeners are 
on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but go to coolafoods.ca and look at this packaging. Like it's not really, um, it's beautiful, but it's not like anything else on the shelf. It communicates well, but it's, it's simple. It's like, it's a really good, it strikes a lot of, I think, you know, perfect notes for me in terms of great packaging design. And yeah, I was impressed. I was impressed when I saw it. So anyhow, that's uh, that's all we got for you today, folks. Um, really appreciate you sticking with us and, and joining us on this conversation today with Asha. Huge thank you to Asha for being available and, and coming on to share her journey and, and some of what she's learned along that journey with us. If you haven't already, please follow us on either LinkedIn or Instagram and throw us reviews on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. They're super helpful for us and just helps us spread the hearts and cards gospel. And other than that, um, if you have any other feedback you want to shoot us on a DM or anything like that, we're always uh, we're always happy to to hear other ways we can make this podcast better for the people who are taking the time to listen to it. Anything else to add on your end, Justin? Just wanted to finish it by saying, you know, reiterating Ash's advice that you are enough and don't be afraid to do something. I think that's a powerful message that we should leave this episode with. Thank you.